What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. In today's episode, we're talking Blazers over unders. We're going to be looking at over unders for the season set by the good people of Las Vegas, Nevada. And also, I guess, just the internet at large, because gambling exists amorphously on the web, too. This idea was actually inspired by a listener, Ben Sprouse, at Ben underscore Sprouse on Twitter, who sent me for Mailbag Monday, our weekly mailbag segment, a list of over-unders. Uh, it was kind of, it was, you know, enough over-unders to fit inside a single tweet, but maybe like too big of a question for me to answer in, in a Mailbag Monday segment where I try to be more quick-hitting and get to, you know, 10, 15, 20 questions in a, in a week. So I, I told Ben that I was going to hold off and do it later in the week. So that's what we're going to do here. Uh, ben sent me about eight or nine, and then I pulled some others from betonline.ag, uh, a betting service. I don't mean to give them free advertising, but that is where I got these uh, over-unders from. So that's what we're going to do today, a full show of over-unders. Uh, it's not just going to be betting advice and things like that. I, I kind of want to walk through these. I think the over-unders give us context to sort of talk about players' roles and expectations and all those things. So I want to use sort of the over-under lens to talk about the whole roster at large and the outlook on the season in general. Uh, this isn't going to be a gambling heavy show. So if you're not interested in basketball gambling, don't quit now. Keep listening. We need you because we're going to talk about the, this is about, you know, the outlook for the trailblazers season, uh, just with, uh, over under lens. So let's start this first segment using Ben's over unders. Cause I think they're really, um, they're really interesting. He sent me a handful and we'll just run through them. The first one, over under three assists per game for Anthony Simons, starting out with a relative softball. I'm going under. I'm pounding the under on this one, and here's why. You got to play a lot of games and a lot of minutes, and you got to have the ball in your hands a bunch to play, to get three assists. Uh, if you think of Anthony Simons' sort of like ceiling as being C.J. McCollum, a guy who averages, you know, 20 points per game consistently in the league, I think that's a reasonable ceiling for Ant, don't y'all? Um, but if if he gets up to that level, C.J. McCollum basically didn't start averaging more than three assists a game until he was playing 30 plus minutes a night. And even in 2018-19, he only averaged three assists a game despite playing 34 minutes a night. You got to pass. You got you to gotta want to pass. And you got to play a bunch. And I think even when Ant's in the game, he's going to be playing mostly two guard next to Dame and C.J., just at least according to what uh, sort of the role that Terry Stotts described on at media day. Um, I don't expect Ant to. He's going to do some initiating. He's going to run some pick and rolls and all that, but I don't expect him to play much pure point guard unless things go haywire for the Blazers. So I'm under on Anthony Simons' three assists a game. The next one is one and a half blocks per game for, for Robert Covington. I'm going to go under on this. I know that um, Covington blocked a bunch of shots when he was with the Rockets. In fact, he blocked more than two a game with the Rockets. But prior to that, he had never, uh, for a full season, had never blocked. He never hit that 1.5 number where the over-unders at. And and he played center for the Rockets. Like he played, he played the true, not a true five, obviously, because he's like a 3-4 or 4-3. But he he. He played center for him, and your role, like helping off bigs in that way, helps dictate a lot of where you're sort of how you defend. And he is not going to be in that sort of weak side, help side defender. He might do some of that. He's going to come away with some some blocks for sure. But I'm going under on 1.5 just because of role that Rocco's going to play this year. 
Next one is Yusuf Nurkic over under 0.5 all NBA votes. That would be, so will Yusuf Nurkic get an NBA vote? I love this one. This was fantastic, Ben. Um, I'm going to say no, but I'm going to say no with the caveat that Andre Drummond got a uh, all NBA vote this year, but Andre Drummond put up sort of um, really impressive box score stats, leading the league in rebounding and such. Um, and people who don't pay attention at all to the league and then just kind of like scan the box scores, but somehow still get an all NBA vote, tend to vote um, for people like that. I don't think Nurk's going to have that kind of stat stuffing season. I think he's going to have a really good year. I'm, I'm, I'm banking on Nurk having his best season yet in the league, but uh, I don't think he's going to get all NBA vote because maybe, maybe they'll, maybe that one dude who voted for Andre Drummond will lose his voting privileges. Okay, next one is Damian Lillard, two point five buzzer beaters. I'm taking the over, taking the over, and I'll go. Um, just this isn't on there, but I will go over one attempt from the half court line. Or over, excuse me, over 0.5 attempts from the half court line. I think Dame's going to pull up from from half court this year, just to sh- just just because he can do it. Um, if buzzer beaters are like actually the buzzer sounds as it goes through the as it goes through the net, I would take the under. But if we're defining buzzer beaters as like game winning shots, I'll say Dame hits you know th- three or more this year. So I'll take the over on 2.5 buzzer beaters for Damian Lillard. The next one is C.J. McCollum making 203 pointers, and I'm going to take the under because of the number of games they're playing this year. I'd probably take the over uh, if it was an 82 game season, but because it's a 72 game season, I'm going to take a little bit. I'm going to take the under. Last year he made 194 in seven games, so it wouldn't be outlandish for him to hit that number this year. His three point rate after it it really um, bottomed out in 2016-17. He just took a a ton of mid-range jumpers that year, I guess, but it's steadily climbed over the past three seasons. And, um, he's pushed back up towards 200. He's like I said, 194 last year, the most he's ever made in a season, 197 in 2015, his MIP year. Um, he's, if it was an 82 game season, I'd say, yes, the league is heading that way. They're going to shoot more threes. Uh, you know, maybe they're going to talk CJ into taking more pull-up three-pointers and less pull-up 19-footers, but I think 72 games, I'm going to take the under. I do think it'll be really close. Like, I I would peg CJ at like 185, 190, but not quite 200. This is a real bet. Like, I'm I'm, I'm betting he's going to sneak under here, and I'm a little bit nervous. All right, that's halfway through the over-unders Ben sent me. I told you I couldn't fit this into a mailbag. There's too much to talk about. In the second segment, we will finish up the over-unders that Ben sent me. Some really fascinating ones in the second half of the list. All right. I mentioned Mailbag Monday a couple times already in this episode, but let me just tell you all about it in case you don't know. It's our weekly mailbag segment. I record it on Monday evenings. It posts on Tuesdays. If you want to get involved, tweet at me, Mike G. Rich. Send me an email. Locked on blazerspod at gmail.com. Like I said, a weekly mailbag episode. We do it each week. And that is the origin of these over-unders. Ben Sprouse sent me a tweet trying to get in Mailbag Monday, but it was too big. It was too big of a question, so it expanded into an entire episode. We answered five of his over-unders in the first segment. Now let's move on to a couple more. He's got six more, excuse me, seven more that he sent me. Derek Jones Jr. over under 0.9 three-pointers made per game. I'm going to go under. It's going to be close, but I'm going to go under, and here's my reasoning. I envision Derek Jones Jr. in the sort of form of Mo Harkless or in the, the role of, of Mo Harkless. 
he was, you know, he's a he's not a shooter. He's a non-shooter who's going to play a lot of, a lot at the three. So he's going to be spaced out a little bit. Mo Harkless kind of made his hay though when he was at his best at at cutting into space. He was the Blazers' best cutter for most of his time on the roster. Uh, shout out to Jake Lehman, who's also a very good cutter and received a bunch of lobs, being a great backdoor threat. But Harkless was great at sort of finding space, uh, crashing in from the wing, and and sort of timing those cuts. And I. I I kind of see Derek Jones Jr. in that same role, like a non-shooter who who uses athleticism to take up space and get buckets in that way. And Harkless' most threes made per game when he was with the Blazers was 0.8. Uh, and that was one of the years where he was making that money, getting that bonus, making, uh, you know, north of 35% from three, almost 40% from three that season. So um, even if Derek Jones Jr. takes that sort of Harkless level Blazers jump in a three-point efficiency. I still think he's going to be a, um, a low usage and low attempt guy out there. So I'll go under 0.93s made per game. Gary Trent Jr. The next one is Gary Trent Jr. Over under 2.9 three-pointers made per game. I think this one is a little high. I'd probably um, really, really, really have to debate it at two and a half. I think I would be really, really pressed. 2.9 is just too high for me. I'm going to go the under. He played last season. Uh, Derek, uh, last season, Gary Trent Jr. made 3.03s per 36 minutes. He's not going to play 36 minutes in these games. He's just not going to be. He's not going to be that big of a minute guy. Like I, I think he's going to play 20 plus, maybe 25. Um, but the Blazers have more options there with uh, with Hood, with Derek Jones Jr., with if they're trying to figure out a way to play Simons, which I don't think it's a guarantee he plays every night, but um, I just don't think Gary Trent Jr. is going to get that many minutes to get the shots up. Um, I think he's yeah, like 2.5 would have been right in the range, but I think three's a little high, so I'm going to go under on 2.9 made threes per game. Next one is Carmelo Anthony, nine and a half games started, over under 9.5 games started. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. Um... I think he's the guy who starts like if if um if they need either like if there's a either one of the forward spots, you know, somebody twists an ankle or has um uh gets COVID-19 or test positive, um there's that that seems to be the guy who would be plugged in. Hey, you go play power forward either Robert Covington slide down to the 3 for the beginning of the game or or Derek Jones Jr. stay at the 3 for the beginning of the game. I think I think there's going to be 10 games where Melo does that. So I'm gonna, I'll go over on 10 games started by Melo, but I'm I'm nervous by that bet. I've mostly been conservative on these, but I'm I'm I'll take the over on that one. Next next one is Rodney Hood over under 0.9 steals per game. So Will Hood average uh steal per game. I'm going to go under his career is 0.8 steals per game. I don't think he's sort of at the stage where he's going to start averaging way more steals. Um I think he kind of has a reputation of being a better defender in Portland than maybe is is real. Um Hood is like was better than the Blazers sort of bad options last year, but I don't think he's like a high level defensive player by any means. He's just like a really efficient um, scorer. He can score in isolation. He can really shoot. Uh, he, those are his strengths. So I'm, I don't think he's going to be a, I don't think he's going to average more steals than his career average. So I'll go under, although I think 0.9 is a really good number. I think he's, it'll be right at his career, like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. Next one is Harry Giles over under 1.9 assists per game. I think this is under. I think there's no way Harry Giles averaged two assists per game. He's an awesome passer. He's really fun. Like, I love big guys who can pass, and he's really a really 
gifted um, gifted passer, sees the floor really well, can can really play. Um, but this is a minutes thing again. Like um, you're gonna have to get on the court to record two assists, and when you get on the court, you're gonna have to touch the ball and make a run offense through you. Uh, if Harry Giles was playing, then things went wrong. Um, for context. Hassan Whiteside averaged 1.2 assists per game last year. Not a passer, just like not a capable passer. Played a ton of minutes, still didn't hit one and a half. Zach Collins, a, a much better passer, much more capable passer, but n- not near the skilled um, playmaker that Giles is. One and a half assists per game last year in limited action. Uh, Joakim Noah, who's like a, a really good passing big man, averaged uh, in a really, really, you know, four games for the Clippers, one and a half assists a game, 1.4 assists per game. So you know, like that's, that's kind of like a, I was thinking of like a low minutes, really gifted passer who that's the main thing they do on offense. And, and Noah was the sort of the guy that came to mind. Even him didn't hit, you know, didn't even hit the 1.5 mark. So I think 1.9 is just a little too high. For instance, like a backup big who averages a bunch of assists, Mason Plumley, 2.3 a game, but he plays 17 minutes a night. Um, is Giles going to touch 17 minutes a night? Not if things go according to plan. So I'm going to go under. I think a better number for that probably would have been one and a half. I still would have taken the under on one and a half, but I think it would have been much more in the debate. He's not going to average two, two assists per game. It would be fun though. Like, like I said, I love bigs who pass. It'd be fun if Giles was in there diamond fools up. Okay. Next one is Nazir Little over under 24.5 games played. I'm going to go under but I'm nervous about it. <laughs> um, I think this is a year where depth is going to matter. Um, we are playing basketball during a global pandemic with the solution being a personal responsibility. Um, so I think depth is going to matter. And by that, I mean, like, I just think there's going to be nights where the Blazers have um, don't have their full complement of players available and everyone is going to have to play and that everyone very well could include include Nazir Little but they ha- they just have guys in front of him like they haven't had in the past um I don't think he's gonna be part of the plan early on in the season I think that's gonna be uh Covington and Mello and maybe Derek Jones Jr. sliding up to that spot too um if if they need to stay small um I think there's a you know Rodney Hood played a little bit of four small ball four last year I don't think that's a good idea but it's definitely something they had I thought they would do last year and they did early in the season before uh, Collins got hurt and then when Zach Collins gets back in in January he's gonna play a ton of four I just don't think there's a lot of minutes for Nas um you know you're probably yelling he could play small forward you idiot and like that's true but the Blazers have not really played him at small forward so I'm just like judging by the way Stotts has treated him. Um, almost strictly as a power forward until the, they had like nine healthy bodies and he had to play a little bit of three next to Carmelo. So I, I'm i going to say under 24, like under 25 games played. I'm going to take the under on 24 and a half, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous about it because I, I definitely think it could happen. The last one, CJE is abbreviated here. That's a good way to, I'm going to, I'm going to steal that shorthand, but that's CJ Ellaby Blazers rookie, 19.5 total steals. I am pounding the under. I don't think CJ Ellaby is going to play like at all. Um, again, if he plays, things went wrong for the Blazers, but, um, it just seems really unlikely that he would get in there for enough minutes to have that type of defensive impact. Like that's a bunch. Um, it's not, you know, it's not a crazy amount, but but 19.5 is a lot. 20, it'd be 20. Um, 
for instance, Gary Trent Jr., who basically didn't play, uh, he had 15 appearances as a rookie and is a good defensive player, had one steal in 111 minutes. If I, I kind of think CJ Ellaby is in that sort of like under 150 minutes this year. So I'm thinking his steals are more like six. Like you could have put the over under at five at like, you could have put the over under at 9.5 as opposed to 19.5. And I probably still would have taken the under 19.5 seems wild. Seems like a wild number to me. Um, but if, if CJLB comes in and just steals, starts stealing everything, Ben, you let me know. You let me know that you knew before I knew. All right, those are all the over-unders that Ben sent me. Thanks so much. These were a lot of fun to uh, think about, consider, and research. Uh, like I said, when I saw this come across on the Mailbag Monday, um, for Mailbag Monday, I, I just thought this is too big of a question to address to address here. So I'm glad we got to stretch it out and make it a couple segments. Uh, I think it's a good way to think about how how players fit, how they're going to be used, uh, what you know, sort of what rotations are like, what roles are like. Uh, I, I find it much more interesting as a sort of a thought experiment than betting. Um, but if you want to gamble and you want to take my advice, I've laid out ten here for you that you could um, potentially lose some money on. I wish you the best of luck. Dear listener, thanks again, Ben. Let's come back in the third segment. I've pulled some other over-unders that I think are pretty interesting from betonline.ag, and that's we'll close out the show with more over-unders. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. And if you're listening to this show, Chances are you'll like other basketball podcasts. And if you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, which is part of this very network, the Locked On Podcast Network. Analytics pioneer and former Memphis Grizzlies president of basketball operations, John Hollinger, joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, salary cap analysis, everything else. Get smart. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today, wherever you already get podcasts. All right, so we hit the over-unders that listener Ben sent in. Now, I, I pulled some other, others from the internet that I think are interesting. These are courtesy of Bet Online, which, again, weird free advertising, but really, I'm just, I want to give credit to where I pulled these from. I didn't make these up. I got them from people who set gambling odds lines. So the first one is regular season win total. The over-under is at 40 and a half. Uh, I really like this line. Like, I think this is a right in the range where I where I would see the Blazers uh, getting to. 40 wins in a 72-game season is the equivalent of 45 wins in a 82-game uh, season. And I, I kind of think that's right where it is. I will, I will say over because I, I kind of think the Blazers are like this year's roster sort of the equivalent of like a 47-48 pushing towards 50 if they stay healthy type win team. So I'll take the over on 40.5. But, uh, but I think that's a really good line. Like I think that's that, I think that's sort of right about where they're going to be hovering heading in the last couple weeks of the season. Some other good ones: Carmelo Anthony over under thirteen point five uh, points per game. This is an interesting one, right? Like I'm I would say 
For me, this seems high. I'm going to take the under on this. Uh, he obviously averaged more than that, you know, 15-plus a game for the Blazers last year, but he also played 30 minutes a night. Uh, if you were to take his same per-minute total but then knock him down to 22 minutes as opposed to the 33 minutes he played last year, then Melo would have averaged about 10.3 a game. So I'm going to say that he's, like, right where he was last year, maybe slightly less efficient. So I'm going to say he averages between, you know, 9.5 and 10.5 a game, 9 and 11 a game. We'll, we'll We'll call it 11 just because um, Carmelo's cool. So I'm going to take the under on 13 and a half, but I think that one's pretty curious. Um, another good one, Gary Trent Jr., 9.5 points per game. I want to do this one because I, I talked about in the first segment, second segment rather, that I thought I would take the under on 2.9 threes made per game from Gary Trent Jr. And I think if I'm going to take the under on that, I'm going to have to take the under on these, or it would make sense that I'd take the under on these. But nah, I'm saying Gary diversifies his scoring offense. If he scored at basically the exact same rate as he did a year ago, but he plays 25 minutes a night, he's projected to be projected to average like 10 a game, a little over 10 a game. Obviously, he went nuts in the bubble, um, and that really boosted his efficiency. But I'm gonna, I, I like this. I like this number. I'll say, I'm gonna say over. On nine and a half a game, I know that's a, we're talking, I've just pegged two guys to score double digits off the Blazers bench, but I guess that's what I'm doing. Speaking of the Blazers bench, over under 10.5 points per game from Rodney Hood this year. I'm going to go under and not because I think Rodney's going to like really fall off. I just think his minutes might, I I think his minutes might take a hit this year. Like I think he's going to be on a minutes restriction early. Uh, I think the Blazers have two defensive wings or specifically a defensive wing, um, Derek Jones Jr. that they want to play that will eat into Rodney's minutes. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. and him are going to compete for time at that sort of backup two, three spot, uh, if he, if Rodney's ready to go, I think it, at some point they just Ant gets pushed out of the pushed out of the regular rotation and has to earn his way back in there. Like I I just think that's realistic um, because Rodney Hood and Gary Trent Jr. are better than Amphrey Simons. So, but I just I can't I can't in good conscience say that the Blazers are going to have three dudes come off the bench and average double figures. Um, not having watched how much their two stars dominate the ball. Um, that's not, I don't know if it's a knock if, if Hood averages eight points per game, but there's only so many points to be had in any given game. Someone is going to have to take a step back here. And my, um, my sort of my guess is that Hood has a, has a reduced role in the offense, just kind of how, um, how the other parts are going to fit. Um, he, he's going to have big nights here and there, but not, you know, early on last season, he was a much bigger part of the offense and, and sort of the rotation that I think he will be even when he's fully healthy in March this year. Over under points per game for Damian Lillard, 27.5. I'll take the over cautiously. Um, I think Dame's really, I think he's going for it this year. Um, he's, I mean, he's just, he's, he's just at the height of his powers. He's, the best point guard in the league. Um, maybe Steph Curry is going to come back and make me feel bad about continuously calling Damian Lillard the best point guard in the league. But until Steph does it, that's the best point guard in the league. You're looking at him. Letter O. So I'll take the over on 27 and a half. Um, he's, he, the Blazers need him to be really good. Um, I think him pushing up towards 30 again is totally reasonable. Assists per game, seven and a half. This one is a really good line for me. This is Damian Lillard over under seven and a half assists per game. Um, this is a really good line for me. I'm going to take the over because um, I think the uh, I think they have better offensive parts or a potential to have better offensive parts. I'm not I'm a little worried about how Derek Jones Jr. fits into the offense. 
he's a non-shooter, um, but he might play a relatively limited role and they might close games with Melo. And if they close games with Melo, they're they're a better they've got better off much better offensive parts than they've had. Um certainly much better offensive parts than they had all of last season. I'm not gonna the twenty eighteen nineteen Blazers were really good. I think we're we're losing the we're losing focus on how good that team was. Over under the next over under is twenty one point five a game from CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum is incredibly consistent. Um, he he doesn't grow his game a whole bunch from year to year, and I've been a little bit critical of him in that regard. But um, he, this is sort of right at the mark that he's been averaging. You know, the last uh, his last three seasons. Let me read you his averages: twenty one point four, twenty one point oh, twenty two point two. So I think this twenty one point five is like right where he's going to be, and I'll take the under. But I'm nervous. I'm I think there's more scoring options, and maybe they're going to coax a little more point guardiness out of CJ. Maybe I'm being optimistic when I say that, but um, I think they're going to really try to get him to get into that. You know, he was when he was a lead guard when Dame missed time last year. He was really good, and I think they're going to try to coax more out of that this year. T- Terry talked about it last season. Um, in a in sort of a, a candid way that you don't really hear Terry talk about things, and I believe that that's a real point of emphasis is to get CJ to be more of a distributor when he's on the court without Dame, or even when he's with him. Just in general, be more of a sort of natural, willing distributor. So I'm gonna go under on 21 and a half, but I think he's gonna be really close. I think it's gonna be like 21. If it's 21.5, I'm taking the under and hoping for like 21.3 because I think he's gonna be right, right, right there. A couple more close out the show. Over under points per game use of Nurkic, use of Nurkic sixteen point five. I'm gonna take the under. I'm nervous about taking the under because Nurkic is really good, and him and Dame in the pick and roll is as good as it as good as a tandem as there is in the league. Um, obviously, he can really score. You know, in 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 the bubble, he was averaging seventeen and a half a game. Uh, but I think his role, like I, I think the bubble is, um, it's kind of hard to judge. But I think. With the amount of other offense that they can find, if he shares the court with Mello, maybe Mello gets the post-ups and not Nurk, and Nurk is like mostly a sort of pick-and-roll distributor type. But, you know, his in 2018-19, before he got hurt, when, when Nurk was at his absolute peak, he averaged 15.5 points per game, 15.6 points per game. That's kind of the Nurk I expect to see. Um, if he hits 16.5, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm taking the under cautiously just because I think there's more points to go around and it won't go to Nurk. Over under 10.5 rebounds per game for Nurk. This is just sort of the same thing. I'm going to take the under because 11 is a lot, um, but he's going to be right there. Uh, he's he's going to average 10, 9, 10 a game. Uh, if he shares the court with Zach Collins a bunch, his number, his rebounding numbers will go down just naturally because there'll be another seven footer on the court. But with the sort of small ball look they have, um, I think Nurk's going to be right there. So I'm taking the under on points and the under on rebounds for Nurk, 16 and a half, 10 and a half. But I think he's like, I think his averages are like 15 and a half and 10. Like, I think these lines are really, really good. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm scared. I'll call a spade a spade. I'm, I'm too scared to pick the over because uh, I don't want to, I'm a natural pessimist. I don't want to sound too optimistic. I got to play to my brand. That's the over-unders I got for y'all today. I hope you enjoyed them. Uh, like I said, Ben, thanks so much to Ben for sending me that handful that we did in the first two segments. Uh, I hope that this wasn't just a sort of like, what should I gamble on episode for you and more sort of thinking about how all the parts fit together. The Blazers have a lot of parts. That's uh, that's one of the issues with this team is I think when they're fully healthy, there are maybe two good players who can't play. Um, and that's tough. Like there's, 
there are realities in the future where the Blazers are fully healthy and Anthony Simons and Zach Collins don't play a single minute. And that th- that is a real that's a challenge for players to handle. It's a challenge for coach for a coach to handle, for Terry to handle. Um, it's in the for the first time since sort of post-trade deadline 2019, the Blazers have more good players than they know than they are capable of putting in the game each night. And it's not as easy as, hey, I know Evan Turner makes $18 million, but he has to sit on the bench. It's like, hey, these developmental parts, Zach Collins and Anfrey Simons, who you need, who you want to be part of the future, might not have minutes because we have vets ahead of them. So I think the over-unders sort of help us think about how all the parts fit. I hope they helped you think about how they all fit because this sort of exercise was, that's how I approach this exercise. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.